When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, guys, to the 101st episode of the Cousin Connection Podcast. Podcast. And today we're doing things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, You probably already saw on the second camera there that we have a special guest this week. Uh, Someone coming all the way from Hutter. I know we've talked about our past and and part of our identity being Hutteries. And we felt like we could use our platform to kind of... um, like amplify. Yeah, amplify uh, voices or people within our own community that are doing yeah. things to help our community and and surrounding communities that you as a, as a viewer uh, might be affected by as well. Uh, so today we have a special guest, uh, Sultan Muhammad. Um, what should we do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a little clap. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to be... I, can, I, can I... Should I do an intro on uh, your a little bit of history? I mean, I was kind of thinking like, you know, we can give him. Okay, we'll give you the, the platform to, to speak for yourself, yourself, introduce yourself, your yeah. history, um, maybe how you landed. Your, let's, let's, the first question would be like, how did you land in, because you currently live in Hutter, right? Correct. So let's get to how you get the, got there to begin with. First, I'd like to thank you for inviting me. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, how did I end up in Hutter? I was born in Addis. Um, I lived in Addis until I was eight years old, and then moved to Saudi because uh, my father used to work for Ethiopian Airlines, and mm-hmm. uh, we moved there. Uh, when we lived there for one year, uh, we started forgetting uh, Amharic language, and, and my father said, "Okay, you know, you guys uh, gonna miss out a lot when you go back." So. Uh, so uh, we were sent to live w- uh, with my grandparents at, in Dredawa. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Dredawa for five years. Uh, I studied until the ninth grade. And then in the tenth grade, uh, we moved to the U.S., uh, me and my siblings, uh, three siblings. Uh, so I went to high school in, in Los Angeles. And I graduated at the uh, university, university of uh, Texas. Uh, you went to university in uh, Texas. Texas, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I graduated in civil engineering, and then I worked as a uh, I majored in highway engineering with a civil engineering field. So I, I worked with the Department of Transportation mm-hmm. for ten years, and then I said, "Okay, it's time to go back to Harar," which I never lived there before. But I said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a calling within me." 
that told me I have, I have to go back to Hutter. So. so what called you to go back to Hutter? Like what, what was the motivating factor mm. for going back? The, the things I used to hear about Hutter uh, growing up uh, since my childhood, mm-hmm. the stories of my grandparents and what happened to them and, and things about Hutter really used to interest me. And uh, and I felt like, you know, I need to go there, reconnect, and mm-hmm. do whatever I can with, with the remaining life that I have on this earth. Mm-hmm. And you actually went, uh, I don't know if you know, so you went the same year that I was in Hutter as well. You went during the first, I guess, Kubba yeah. event. I know people, mm-hmm. we were speaking about this uh, like, for the past two episodes about yeah. Kubba. Mm-hmm. And you actually uh, chose, was it maybe... Uh, did you already have the idea of living or going back to Hutter or staying in Hutter be- after Kuba, or was this like a motivating factor as well? It's um, like seeing the people there. Uh, just uh, timing-wise, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, the moment I came to the U.S., I knew that I have to go back to Hutter. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, so, did you move to the states knowing that it was like a temporary thing? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in, in my philosophy, we all have to go back to Hutter. Mm-hmm. I think all Haris have to go back to her, and 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 because I believe our homeland needs us. Now I know you said you've never lived there before, but have you visited as a child? Yes. Okay, so you mm-hmm. you were familiar with it. I'm, I was familiar um, when I was living in Dredova for the five years I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, every weekend I used to go. To oh, her. okay. Mm-hmm. So you had like some kind of connection then. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. It's, okay. It's not like a, it was their connection. It wasn't foreign <laughs> to you when you went there to, no, to live there. No. Okay. But but of course you know uh, it's like visiting on weekends versus living there mm-hmm. as an adult is completely <laughs> two different things. Yeah. When I was there, I was a kid. You know, I would go there when my auntie was there. Allah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She you know, she used to cook, yeah. take care of us and everything. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of shelter, but you know, and as an adult, when you go there, uh, it's like you, you and with the current conditions, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no water and all those kind of things. So you get to face the whole challenge, especially after having lived in the U.S. for 24 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and going back to a small town with all these challenges. That itself was another challenge. Did yeah. you have a culture shock? Of course. I oh, find really? that so yeah. interesting, especially for people who, like, even for our own parents, every time we visited back home, like for us, I could understand culture shock because we were born and raised here and this is all we knew, right? And so the first time that we went back home like you know you feel that culture shock it, life is different mm-hmm. um so i find it interesting that you felt the same mm. we did have cultural shock but i think the degree might be different uh, okay mm-hmm. so, so someone uh, born here and mm-hmm. with no exposure uh, will have a different shock than us mm-hmm. who have seen the place and kind of know what to expect mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but the degree of expectation like uh, once you have been accustomed to living a life of ease, you know, like mm-hmm. it, 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 everything it, comes easy, water comes out of the tap. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you can choose hot or cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can wash your clothes easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were times I was like collecting water from rainwater and I was thinking to myself, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you mentioned that you were motivated to like stay back, go back home basically and help with the current affairs or the current issues going on in Hutter. So what were those issues that you saw mm-hmm. that you felt like you had to tackle when you got to Hutter? Uh, well, it was different things, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. One was, uh, I felt like, particularly, uh, 
the the youth uh, who were born here, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you guys, uh, <laughs> uh, they, that they needed to know uh, who they are uh, mm -hmm. and their history. Mm -hmm. And one thing I was trying to do is what you guys are doing now. Oh, like, okay. Uh, I got into audiovisual. Um, when I was in, in Dallas, I went to, uh, I was volunteering at the, at the Dallas Community Television, mm -hmm. uh, learning cameras, audio, lighting, production. Uh, and I was wanting to do uh, documentaries, history, history documentaries, all those kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one project I had in mind, and the other was uh, to help in my field as a civil engineer. Because mm -hmm. um, for civil, that's a lot of like structural work, right? You're dealing with like uh, is it zoning and like um... Th that's part of it, mm -hmm. but uh, but like I said, the, my my specialty was in highways, oh, okay, uh, road mm. construction, designing, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, so I had these different things, and then you know uh, also how we can help our community, like in terms of NGO. So I had different things in mind, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the main thing is you know it's like. Uh, I want to do something, no matter what it is. It's like, uh, we don't know how, how many years we have in our life uh, yeah. when, when we are on this planet. So uh, I, I wanted to do something uh, mm -hmm. or anything. So you didn't know exactly what the issue was when you got there. You just knew that you wanted to help in some way. Correct. Like to give but, back but, but to but the with, community. With this field, though, like, you know. Yeah, within uh, your field. With, with NGO, with yeah. the production, like uh, producing some stuff uh, so people can say, okay, this is my culture, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so the first uh, documentary I worked on was uh, the Kulub uh, movement. Mm -hmm. so, uh, that happened in the 1940s where many Hararis got arrested. Uh, uh, they got beaten and got jailed uh, uh, for uh, demanding to be free from the yoke of uh, colonization. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, both my grandparents were arrested uh, and, and jailed uh, and that during that movement. So these are the things I heard growing up, and this is mm -hmm. uh, the kind of things that moved me. So, uh, so this was the first uh, thing I did, and I was hoping to do many more. But unfortunately, after I went back, I like I felt like I was facing a wall uh, where I was not able to do many of the things I hoped. To. Like you were facing a wall, and that like the people weren't motivated to participate in what you were trying to do, or like uh, like political or like uh, yeah, political issues where like because you, mm. they don't know you, like you haven't grown up there. Maybe there's like issues. With that, I'm not sure. So exactly what was uh, the walls? Could, it could be a combination. Cause mm -hmm. I, I really don't know why things were not moving. So mm -hmm. it could be a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, and because you are you are an unknown, you're not raised in Harar, you don't have you know friends growing up in Harar. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, probably the way people might look at you was different than uh, if somebody who's from Harar coming yeah. and saying, I want to do this. Who's well-connected mm. and knows the people. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you were met with such resistance, even though you are obviously Harari, like you're a gay, so you know, you've you moved back to give back to, you know, your people. Why do you think you were met with such resistance? Why do you think in general, like Harari people are so resistant to change and so resistant to try and protect, you know, their their people, their land and and I know we're gonna get more into that later, but like why do you think that is? Mm. I, I I don't know if I have a, uh, the answer for that, mm. but that's how things are. Uh, 
uh, doors don't open easily. Uh, but but Alhamdulillah, uh, uh, we have persisted. Persisted. I have been there now 16 years, mm-hmm. and many doors have opened since then. Mm-hmm. But still, still with all this work we have done, there is still resistance, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I hope uh, the remaining doors and hearts will open as well mm-hmm. and, w- and welcome our work. And the the biggest thing is like. Uh, uh, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I, I represent a, a member of the diaspora who came and who's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, when people see that uh, after all these years, the door has not been opened, so some people will say, "Okay, no, no, I really want to get into this." Mm. So, uh, so uh, uh, this uh, will take this opportunity to tell our brothers and sisters in Harar to open their heart uh, mm-hmm. to the diaspora to different experiences. And, and to accept change. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is your initial, I guess, uh, time in Hadar where you were working on making documentaries. You mentioned the Kulub document. There was a second documentary you made as well, right? Yeah, uh, Imam Ahmed's uh, uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. And that's on, uh, Imam Ahmed was basically like the, uh, not the origin- not the originator of Hadar, but like when Hadar was first being, one of the becoming a stronghold. Fathers? He was one of the big um, um, reasons for that. Yeah, um, uh, he was uh, uh, basically his, his, uh, in in East Africa. Mm-hmm. There was no, no one who was as famous as him. Yeah, mm. uh, he was a great leader. He was a great warrior, uh, and he uh, he he was the first leader who who. Um, Managed to unify Ethiopia, uh, mm-hmm. as we know it, and including Somalia, Djibouti, uh, Eritrea, as mm-hmm. one country. Uh, he was a great warrior, um, and uh, that made him uh, famous, mm-hmm. well known. Yeah. So uh, his history uh, is is very motivational to any any East African because. Uh, uh, because of number one, he brought the people together. He brought this uh, four or five uh, countries uh, mm-hmm. together as one. So, uh, so I try to interview uh, historians like uh, Professor Lapiso, he's a famous Ethiopian historian, and uh, probably the first one to bring Imam Ahmed in a positive light. Because before, uh, he was seen as an invader, as a killer, mm-hmm. destroyer of the church. Uh, and of course, you know, in wars people die. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, it, it, he was not the one who initiated wars. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there were wars. Uh, and there were masjids that were destroyed. There were Muslims that were being killed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to have justice in East Africa, we have to uh, look at uh, the whole thing in, uh, in a positive light and with balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time we will have you know uh, peaceful coexistence among among the people. Yeah. And uh, I was actually going to say, like, to jump off of that, like, in when it, uh, if we're talking about uh, bringing people together, mm-hmm. like, that's similar from what I heard yesterday, because we actually had a meeting yesterday. That sounds like similar to what you guys are trying to do now mm-hmm. by unifying the people again mm-hmm. in this East African region, the Horn Africa, mm-hmm. so that um, we can be more, we can coexist a lot more um, peacefully. peacefully, essentially. And I think in that kind of we'll get into the sultan title as well but like yeah. let's, can you talk about that as well and like how when that when that initial 
initiative started and like the motivation for it and how it's going now? Um, uh, during the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The recent change five years ago, uh, there was a lot of challenges. But what was the change? Oh, the government changed. Oh, uh, yes, when, yes. Uh, when uh, Abiy took office, of Abiy, Abiy, uh, the Prime Minister Abiy took over, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of challenges in, in uh, the whole of East Africa, Eastern Ethiopia, mm-hmm. uh, uh, particularly among our brotherly people of the Oromos and Somalis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of conflict. Uh, there was a lot of bloodshed. There were a lot of people who had uh, been displaced, mm-hmm. so uh, and these areas were very close to Harar. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, personally, we experienced like hatred, like real hatred among the, the, people. the people. No, I'm talking about the Oromos and Somalis. Oh, Oromos and Somalis. Mm. Okay. So I, uh, I, I met someone who told me, uh, in this life, I just want to kill one of this third people. I, really? I mean, yes. It was that's how bad it was. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the hatred was on the air. Yeah. And to add to this, there was also pressure on the Harari people in Harar, like saying, "Okay, you guys, are, they are literally locking, knocking at the doors in the evenings and saying, you guys are uh, from Turkey, get, gather your things and and go.'" Oh, they're saying like your your ethnicity is invalid here, or like your um, claim to the land is invalid. Uh, they're saying you guys are not even Ethiopian, uh, uh. so you're you're from Turkey, uh, mm-hmm. so you need to go. Uh, while you know the Hari people, are the indigenous people of the land. Uh, so of course uh, we have to ask, you know, where is this thing coming from? You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, because the people in that area, the Harari, Somalis, or almost, they have coexisted in peace for a very long, long time, mm-hmm. and they have fought against common enemies. They have died together. 
So where was this hatred coming from? So that is something that really troubled us. And what we started doing was we started having meetings uh, where we're invited almost Somalis, Argobas, Hararis, and start discussing uh, what the issues were. Mm-hmm. Was it just like um, community leaders or like who who exactly was having um, these meetings to discuss the issues? Um, in the beginning, uh, it was uh, uh, activists in mm. different parts, okay. like people who were, who were concerned, showed concern okay. to bring peace. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, we invited the community leaders like uh, the sultans, uh, right. Ugaz, Garad, Damina, Abagada. Uh, we start inviting them, and these are like, I guess you could say, like clan leaders or like, yeah, uh, yeah, clan leaders essentially. Clan tribal leaders. Tribal mm. leaders. That's the other word. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, we start inviting them, uh, and we had discussion. You know, why is this happening? You know, can't we look beyond that? And we we prepared like a PowerPoint with uh, thirteen countries uh, and what happened uh, in those countries. For example, Somalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Libya, uh, Rwanda, and so on and so forth. Yemen. And these are examples of like countries where there was a divide yeah. and caused like it to crumble essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we show how the conflict starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the, the demonstrations, and then this, the the shooting starts, and then uh, the violence, like a whole town, cities get disappeared. And then you saw you see refugees. Then you see uh, people going in boats and seas and uh, drowning and all that kind of thing. So we collected pictures from different countries and uh, organized them this way. And most of these countries uh, have some kind of natural resources. It's like sometimes a natural resource could be a curse mm-hmm. uh, where, where, you know, uh, uh, become a, a cause for... for uh, a lot of conflict. Conflict, yeah. Right. So um, uh, we were showing this thing to them and saying, if, you cont- if we continue uh, along this path, uh, we are all going to become like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, our country, Ethiopia, is very poor. And uh, when you have conflicts, uh, you know, there's no work, there's no, uh, you know, people cannot make their living. Even without the war, people yeah. are having a very hard time. Exactly. Uh, so in, in Amharic, uh, they have a saying, uh, like, let alone before a train on you. Uh, you're weak even before that. Wait, if you, I didn't hear that. <laughs> He's saying like before it even rains on you, like you're already weak. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, Can you weather the storm if it's going to come? Exactly. <laughs> you can't stand you, this you, rain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in, in the mornings, uh, uh, there's kind of water uh, on the... Like the condensation? Uh, on, on condensation on, yeah. on the grasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has a name for it. Mm. In English? English, yeah. Is it like dew or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah morning yeah. dew. Exactly. Morning dew. Mm-hmm. Let alone uh, rain on you, you already have it. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so, I get it. So we, we already have you know, the water uh, mm-hmm. on us. Uh, so, um, so, uh, so when we discussed with the elders, uh, they, they understood automatically. Mm-hmm. And they pledged to work with us to bring peace. Uh, and, and these uh, are the elders from the different tribes. Different tribes. Mm-hmm. The tribal Somalis, leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or, uh, mm-hmm. So different people. Yeah. Uh, so that's how our movement started to grow. And then we, we did the programs for the youth mm-hmm. uh, where we showed them dramas and uh, this PowerPoint. And then mm-hmm. we brought elders from different communities to advise them. Mm-hmm. So Alhamdulillah, we had very, very good results. I mean, much more than uh, what we expect. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that's how our activity grew. And then we eventually established uh, a local NGO, uh, mm-hmm. we called it uh, People to People, Peace and Development Association. P2P. P2P. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, that's how uh, the activity started from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we we also went outside of uh, Harar. Okay, mm-hmm. so you expanded. Yeah, expanded. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, uh, even in Harar, uh, like I said, we start with the Harari, Soromo, or Goba, uh, mm-hmm. and Somalis. But uh, but eventually we said, okay, you know, if we are in Harar, we have more people, we have, we have to find a way to include them. Mm-hmm. So within that, uh, with, the, with the P2P, uh, we had a peace ambassador position, and we included like three people from each, each uh, ethnic group that lived in Harar. Mm-hmm. So we added the uh, Gurages, Amharas, Tigres, Afar, Walenis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we didn't have Afars in the Harar area. Oh, okay. So, uh, but uh, when our activities uh, expanded, expanded. Uh, mm-hmm. so we started doing ag- different activities based on different challenges. Like, for example, when the COVID thing came, mm-hmm. uh, we when we established uh, this organization called the uh, HITAF, which is Horn Emergency Task Force, uh, which uh, included Afar, Somali. So early, like at this point, the main objective was to unify the different ethnic groups within Harar to then come to your greater, like to accomplish the greater goal, like the bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Um, okay. uh, we, we wanted people to see the bigger picture. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's not, you know, uh, squabble over little things. Right. And we, there will not be any winners. Mm-hmm. Like we will all lose, you know. It's yeah. Like one one Oromo person that got killed is like our child, uh, as mm. much as he is a child of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, people uh, who make the decision for this conflict uh, uh, they they cannot be uh, they, they they might not see the the problems that. Uh, uh, all the way to the bottom, mm-hmm. because uh, the people in reality are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, if you take a Harari person, uh, that Harari person might have an Oromo background or Somali background, mm-hmm. and same thing with the Oromos. Right. Because uh, you know, there's no one just say, "I'm just going to marry Oromo," just from that way. Mm-hmm. But historically, those who speak Oromo might have been speaking Somali in the past, mm. and vice versa. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it is uh, the relationship between ethnic groups, not static, you know, it's, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so, for example, if I marry an Oromo person and then my child goes in Oromia region, he'll become an Oromo. Right. Easily. Right, I mean, right. it, mm-hmm. doesn't have, it doesn't take uh, two, three generations, it could be one generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My first child could be an Oromo, and my other child somewhere else could be something else. Mm-hmm. So, and vice versa, people who move to Harar and their children goes to school with Hararis, and he becomes a Harari. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in our opinion, there was no reason for mistrust and hatred among uh, people of Ethiopia mm-hmm. and in the, in the larger picture, uh, people of East Africa. Yeah, and was this a direct direct response to what to to what was happening in Harar? Like you mentioned, the people knocking at the door. Like from from what we saw here in the West, at least, like it seemed very violent. Like there were a lot of. Uh, Houses being broken into, buildings being destroyed, and people like, being forced out of their yeah, homes. people being forced out mm-hmm. of their homes. Like, was this was this a direct response to that, or was this already in the works at that time? It was a direct response to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we we started such activities after September two thousand seventeen mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, when we start seeing such a thing. However, 
Mm-hmm. However, uh, even before that, we used to be active uh, in different communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actively helping people in our, uh, in our Gopa regions uh, in Koromi mm-hmm. uh, and uh, other areas. So we, we had contact relationship even before that, but not so intensely. Right. Mm-hmm. But what we had before mm-hmm. helped, uh, helped us to transi- transition to this mm-hmm. uh, much, much easier. Okay. Okay. I mean, once you felt like that unity was established within the different ethnic groups, um, what was the next mission after that? Like, where does the Sultan title, because I know that, you know, by the way, for those that are listening and watching this, like, we actually had a meeting with him yesterday, mm-hmm. a couple of us. Um, so we're kind of referencing a lot of what we spoke about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Should um, we explain what a sultan is, or ask maybe? I was just gonna ask <laughs> okay, him, like, like where, where, when did that kind of come into play? Was it like once the unity was established? Did you take? Did you take from what you were seeing amongst the other ethnic groups? Because you were mentioning that they all had different tribal leaders that you were meeting with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, in in uh, eastern parts of Ethiopia and also in Somalia and uh, Somaliland, Djibouti. Uh, such systems are available. Uh, even throughout m- many African countries, they have tribal chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when we were doing these activities, uh, like people would come with their with their uh, their chiefs, chi- mm-hmm. their chiefs, tribal leaders. Uh, so uh, depending on which Somali clan you are, they use Ugaz, Garad, or Sultan, mm-hmm. and they're almost uh, they used to have Damina uh, in our area. Uh, and, and now they also have a Bagada. Uh, so the Afars have Sultan, and the Hadiyas have Grad. So different communities have different things. So when but it's the same idea. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Uh, for example, the Isa they have Ugas. Uh, so he, uh, it's a Sultan. It's, yeah. It's a Somali words. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, in one meeting that we had. Uh, the Ormos came with their Daminas, the Somalis had the Sultan, and during that discussion, it came up, uh, you know, somebody said, oh, yeah, you guys came with your leaders, but we don't have uh, a leader, and then they proposed my name. Oh, me. they were saying, like, the Hadri people don't have a leader. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he proposed my name. Uh, I said, why don't we make him a Garad? Uh, which is the same thing. Why didn't they use a Harari term? Like, what's the, what would it be, like, an Emir? Hmm? No, the Garad is the Harari term, no? No, it is? Yeah. I thought that was a Somali term. No, 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 but we couldn't use Garad, or you couldn't use Garad for yeah, interesting uh, reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's because there's already a family named after Garad, so like it would be kind of like a... Not it wasn't awkward. self-explanatory, like the t- title of Sultan. E- yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So, so there, there were different advantages and disadvantages. Okay. Uh, uh, because you know there are, like you said, families uh, with the name Garad, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it would uh, create a confusion. You know, are, yeah. are you a family Garad or are you oh, actual okay. Garad? <laughs> uh, and then there was an uh, issue uh, for for me. I, th- I think the, the name Sultan was better because uh, when you go to different cultures, like uh, mm-hmm. outside of uh, Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need an explanation for a sultan because people know uh, already. Mm-hmm. Because an Arabic word, and you know, it's, it's a, very, a very famous. Yeah, uh, it's universal, almost universally known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, um, uh, so 
that's how the term Garad came about first, mm -hmm. and then eventually it changed to Sultan. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was the beginning of the issue, but then uh, people in Addis uh, said, okay, you know, the Hararis said, okay, we, we accept the Sultan. Mm -hmm. Oh, so there was some form of like an election yes. or a vote? No, uh, it is it is the uh, it is not by election. Okay. Uh, like even when you have in cultural you were nominated, case, nominated, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, but like there was a general and then people uh, accepting. Okay, uh, and then the elders in Harar said, "Okay, you know, we, we accept you." And, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, uh, in public, okay, they mm -hmm. gave me uh, like a shawl, the shawl, and a oh, hug okay. and a cane. <laughs> oh really? Okay. So it was a whole like process and yeah. ceremony. Yeah. Oh, it was his oh, crowning oh, oh, ceremony. I'll send the picture to you guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll insert the them. Uh, okay. We'll have it up here so that people can see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll send you all this picture. So that's how uh, it came to be. And then you know, uh, as we moved to different places, uh, different communities saying we accept Sultan, we accept Sultan. Oh, so you had to get the acceptance from everybody. Uh, no. But, oh, you're but, just. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But it's just coming. Okay. <laughs> so I can't, I cannot tell them not accept me. But right. For example, in, in Dredo, uh, the people in Dredo, uh, there were five of us, and they invited me and said, you know, they introduced me to the community, mm -hmm. and they said, you know, we accept you as uh, our sultan. And then when I went to Edmonton, the same thing, and today the same thing in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is so right now is your 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 press tour of like it's hey his guys, inaugural. I'm your sultan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please accept me. <laughs> uh, no, if if you wish. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, wish. Uh, uh, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm showing my work. Yeah. So this is the work, mm -hmm. and I need your support if you want me to continue. Exactly. To, mm. to be so that because uh, the work is hard. It's not, it's not an easy work. Uh, For sure. Because uh, you know uh, we're talking about all these challenges uh, mm -hmm. in, in in our backyard. Mm -hmm. It's like um, when you want to bring different peoples together. Uh, you have different challenges because there are people who want these people to fight one another mm -hmm. yeah. for for personal gains. So uh, you're fighting against that uh, thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, eventually, what do we want to as Harari people? What do we want to achieve with the Sultan? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, the number one. Uh, uh, importance of this is to bring peace among different people mm -hmm. not only uh, I mean, among Hararis and other uh, ethnic groups but uh, when there's uh, misunderstanding conflict among other ethnic groups mm -hmm. uh, for example you know Afar in Somali and Somali in Somali and Oromo in Somali uh, I think we are well positioned uh, to play the middleman uh, gotcha. because uh, you know uh, because of our position, uh, the fact that our number is not too great, mm -hmm. that is, uh, in my opinion, it could be a positive thing to, because we do not threaten anybody. Mm -hmm. mm, so they don't see us as a threat. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we, but we can. We're also unbiased. We're, we're unbiased. We can, we can bring people together. Yeah. And uh, have them forgive one another. Mm -hmm. And th that's the vision I have, like to, to make for Harari community to play, play the peacemaker role. Mm -hmm. Not only in Ethiopia, but in the Horn of Africa region. Yeah, it will be like the Switzerland of the Horn of Africa, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Yeah.
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I think when I was listening to you talk yesterday and, and hearing the points that you've made now, one thing that stands out to me is, you know, you mentioned that you kind of went around to like Diridua, Addis, and you went to different Afochas. And I know that like Amir and I have talked about this in the past about Afo- by the way a focha means oh, like yeah. basically like tribe but in our language uh not tribe. yeah is it not not tribe per se but it's a focha is more like uh isn't it like a chosen it's an association of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main function now in the past it had many function, but now it's yeah uh, like in amharic they call it idr Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like to when somebody dies, they get they come together and yeah. buried, and and some of which has, uh, also celebrate uh, when they have their son or child at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they celebrate together. Yeah, it's so like they, a group of friends. <laughs> I think the the yeah. definition of a focha has changed over time. Like mm-hmm. in the past, I know that like from what I remember, our grandparents and great grandparents would mm-hmm. get together. The the mothers would you know um, get together to discuss like marital advice, mm-hmm. uh, parental advice. Um, they would come together when one of their children gets married, mm-hmm. when there's a death in, in the community. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's more like our mom and, and their friends come together and they they do like the, they right. share finances together and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, no, no, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also have, we also have a, a, a guest in the room who's paying attention to so Oh, there's a different. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. You can um, explain what she what she just said. <laughs> so the the money part is actually called baha, where they yeah. like they contribute monthly, and then each month a different person gets mm-hmm. the lump sum amount. Um, but would you say like a focha and a community is the same? Because I know here we have a Harari, like a a bigger Harari community. Do you guys have that? Is there something like that in Ethiopia, or is it like too widespread? Yeah, well, uh, in Addis, for example, there is a community. Oh, okay. Uh, and also in Jijiga, uh, they have they establish a Hari community, but that's separate from Apocha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, different Apochas can be part of the same community. So right. yeah. the community is a big umbrella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then within that community, there's different Apochas. Like yeah. With people that you get along with. Or for sure. Yeah. Based on neighborhood or. Or family, family or friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so you, you get to choose which of which he wants to be, but yeah. there's only one community. Mm-hmm. So within Harar, is there like a Harari community, you would say, where they actually come together during like Eid and, and different celebrations or? No, not in Harar. So yeah. it's pretty divided then? Yeah, just of which I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I guess maybe because they're already in the city, they don't feel like the need to form a community because it is your own city already, right? I mean, I guess, but, you know, if we're going to go back to the issues that, you know, we discussed yesterday, such as, you know, our at-risk population, Mm -hmm. the dying culture, you know, as our grandparents are passing away, as our parents are passing away, so is the knowledge and history that they have Mm -hmm. within them. And, you know, we've talked about that before amongst ourselves. Like, I feel like, you know, for us being born and raised in, in Canada, like, we only know as much as we we care to know. You know what I mean? Like, if our parents have that interest, we can ask them and get that information from them or kind of search online, but there isn't even too much information there. So I'm just wondering, like, why isn't there that type of community in Hara? Like, do you feel like there's just no need for it? 
I agree with you. Uh, there, there definitely is a need, uh, and I think it's something that uh, the people in Harare need, need to work on. Mm. Um, but I, I think uh, they do have a thing called the like Imugad. It brings all the Hoshas together. Uh, they, they that might fill that uh, thing, but uh, but the issue with Hoshas mainly is focused on uh, burying uh, someone. someone died. Oh, that's it. The the main the okay. main issue. main goal, I guess, to uh, so uh, mm. to look beyond that. I, I agree with you. We do need yeah. a community mm-hmm. uh, who can look at the bigger picture, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And resolve whenever there are issues. Yeah, because like uh, that might actually be maybe a solution to um, where people are talking about how the Hutteri population, the the actual Hutteri people in Hutter, is diminishing over time. So having a community center where they can meet each other. Mm. And you know there can be more connections there. Yeah. Might be a solution to that, mm. and that community might be a solution to that. Because the whole point of a community is to bring people together, right? And I think that's why it was established mm-hmm. here, and and why we're able to connect with our people. Otherwise, if there was no community aside from your immediate family, I don't think any of us in Toronto would even be connected the way that that we are now. You yeah, know? it would be like in Hutter. It's a lot of a fortress. <laughs> exactly, just <laughs> divided. Connected. Yeah. Agree, agree. There you go. See, now we're all teaching something here. <laughs> <laughs> but can we can we actually talk about um, the the dying population of Hararis? Because I, I I think yesterday was the first time that it really like it actually hit me, and I I was like, wow, you know what? Like, it's very possible that in the next generation, we could be the last generation that speaks Gaysinan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if. Uh, we don't make uh, uh, conscious and concrete decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that might be uh, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, majority of our people are outside the country. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and everyday people are still coming out. Um, so, uh, when we look at the demography, uh, how our the, the first generation, second generation is faring. Uh, we, we see problems. Uh, we speak less Harari, less Harari words, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm glad you guys, you know, understand and communicate in Harari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For but the for for the most, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 80 percent there. He's still I'm 80% learning. There. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's, it's it's better than nothing. Eh? Yeah, exactly. 80 is a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, you can work on learning. Worse. Oh no! Yeah, definitely. Every mm-hmm. time we're together, I'm, I'm trying. Or at least yeah, now he, I am. <laughs> he understands like pretty much completely. Yeah, I understand it completely, except for like the like the very detailed words, like mm. the classic, the classic words. Mm. But uh, if we're mm. normal, like they call it market language, mm. I can get through that pretty easily. Mm, great. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, uh, but there there are people who, who don't speak any. Yeah, or, or they, they can barely uh, hear. Yeah, mm. the Harid language. So uh, when we look at percentage-wise, it could be many. Mm-hmm. So the other big concern is, you know, p- how can people who speak, let's say, fifty percent Harari, what can they pass to their children? Mm-hmm. So uh, if they pass, let's say, fifty percent of what they know, mm-hmm. so you know, it's re- reducing every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there's also a chance that uh, you know that person might not be able to pass. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, uh, uh, there's going to be intermarriages, mm-hmm. uh, which we cannot stop. You know, uh, uh, 
it is nature, uh, part of living here. Yeah. yeah. You can find a good person, a Muslim person from another community, you know, alhamdulillah. Yeah. <laughs> However, you know, you're going to lose your language. Uh, I mean, if the, um, if the effort is there, I think you can still make even an inter-ethnic or interracial. I, I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. But, but what uh, what we are talking about is if the person already doesn't have yeah that, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the probability is going to reduce. But if the person is fluent, and I have seen uh, families where uh, the mother speaks to the child only in her language, and the father in her language, and, and children are capable of learning like three languages, two three languages at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, but they, they don't want to get confused because when the father speaks Harari, he has to always speak in Harari. Right. And the, the child will know to respond to the father in Harari. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And to the mother in uh, whatever language. Mm-hmm. So um, so we have to be conscious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be conscious. And, and, and uh, if we are not conscious, uh, we can lose a heritage that our grand-grandparents struggled for so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, got died for, got displaced from, and beaten of course mm-hmm. uh, during our time. So, um, and we we don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but for all that, you have to be conscious, and uh, we have to know our history. Mm-hmm. We have to know who we are. Uh, we have to have connections to our homeland. Mm-hmm. So, once we have uh, this connection and you know our history, we can. Uh, through the communities, we, c- we can uh, have teachers, and then we have to say to ourselves, "Okay, I don't know. I have to learn." Right. So, so the first thing is to admit to ourselves that you know, uh, I don't know enough Harari, so I need to learn. Mm-hmm. And then, who is there to teach us? Yeah. So you know, you, you have to go to the community and say, uh, "We want someone to teach us Harari language," mm-hmm. uh, and then make time. To and learn. there recently has been an initiative, at least here. Mm. to do that like they, they've started actual classes have they i didn't Harari. even know that well i just found out today apparently. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. i didn't even know we had classes that's yeah i was just gonna say like i think you know for here i was gonna suggest that like i think if we knew that there was a class that existed um, a lot of people who don't already speak Gaysinan would i think they'd be interested in the wanting to learn mm-hmm. um but aside from the language itself i think you know it's important to know, you know, not just the history, but the cultural practices. Like I usually hear it like, sorry to put my mom on blast, but like when it comes to, you know, even like wedding, sometimes she'll say like, oh yeah, like I don't know that this specific wedding practice, like I don't remember mm-hmm. that I was, a, I was a kid. I don't remember. I didn't really go to a lot of weddings. Like she would always say things like that. And, you know, my umma's in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I have my umma here to just say, oh, like, what does this mean? Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean when we do this? And um, I'm going to do a shameless plug for one of our friends, Hassan, who, you yeah. know, when it comes to weddings, for example, he 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 wrote a book um, with the help of many others mm-hmm. about cultural wedding, cultural wedding, uh, ceremonies. wedding ceremonies and the traditional practices. Mm-hmm. And I think projects like that really help to you know, revive that knowledge like within us diasporas as as we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think for those in Harar that are losing the language, that's a whole other issue. I don't even know how you would even tackle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you're within your NGO, like what were some of the and I don't know if you guys were able to brainstorm or come up with any answers, but like what what were some of the um 
like how were you planning to tackle that that issue of like this dying culture that we have um we don't have any agenda to per se and uh, to our NGO, mm -hmm. but uh, through uh, our experience, like uh, when we are connecting with other people, we do have people who 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 are historically connected to hiring people come to us and telling us, please uh, uh, send someone to teach us salary language. Okay, so they've requested it then. They are requested in, in different communities, correct? So. Uh, uh, if Harari people are uh, united and strong, uh, we can revive our language. Uh, but uh, every work needs unity and purpose. So uh, uh, I, I foresee uh, if we work hard, I, uh, like we were discussing yesterday, we, we can have many, many people coming uh, to Harari uh, mm -hmm. and saying, you know, uh, who are willing to to learn about Harari culture, about making baskets, about the language, and so mm -hmm. many things. Because it's less about, it, not less about, it's more than just the culture, right? Like, uh, I mean, it's more than just the language. It's also mm -hmm. like the cultural practices, like you mentioned, making the baskets, uh, we call them moats. Well, there's different, I guess, names for the different types yeah. that we make. Mm -hmm. But like that, that practice of like the basket weaving is something that's being lost uh, like I don't think our new generation even in Hatter knows mm. how to do that or maybe very few people Alhamdulillah now, now there is a school uh, in Abida uh, oh, okay. Then, oh, okay. then, uh, people are actually uh, mm -hmm. going and learning to weave baskets and mm -hmm. make the traditional clothing so there has been a lot of change recently mm -hmm. that's good so, so these young people like uh, they could be working in an office mm -hmm. and to supplement uh, uh, their income mm -hmm. they, they learn how to make moat or the yeah, because I know that I don't know had they have they started exporting this to like just the world in general because I feel like that's a very hot especially our moats are very like hot commodity. Oh yeah, and they can sell for a good amount to people who are just interested in the culture, even our own, uh, our clothing, our our um, the cultural clothing, the cultural clothing mm -hmm. exactly like that's and, and the, even this hat. Look exported. at how beautiful it is. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, very, very, very intricate. Yeah. Very. Uh, now now it's selling for ten thousand birds. You made it. I have my store all need everything else. I bought it from a counter helper. Oh, oh really? Oh. And uh, I'm selling it here for the wallet. Okay, see, so we already have someone doing that, <laughs> exporting it from Ethiopia, mm -hmm. from Hatter directly. Yeah, nice. and and selling it here. I don't know if it'll pick up on the mic there, but we'll definitely put it up. We'll put it up. Name is Dini Craft. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bring from Ethiopia to help the others. Yeah. They learn from code, they can help them getting. Also support in the school. That goes to your next program. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely throw that up. Like, I, I can probably behind us here in the video so I can put it up. It, it's called DiniCraft, right? Yeah. So, um, I actually I wanted to quickly pause here for a second before we continue because yeah. I have to reset everything here so we'll be back here in just a second and we're back um so i forgot where do we leave off here we left off talking about the culture and preserving it i don't know how long ago i found this out but like i didn't realize how much our cultural uh commodities kind of like went for and how lucrative not lucrative enough but like how sought after they were yeah um so i was sad to hear like the practice of it wasn't being upheld as much but now apparently it is so 
I guess that's a good thing. And we have people here locally who are selling it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, at least, you know, there's there's a re- revivification. I don't know what the word is. Revival? A revival, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> of this. Yeah. Uh, which should uh, hopefully mean something positive for our community. Mm-hmm. And, Inshallah. Yeah. Now that you've done a little bit of a tour, you know, like in Canada, I don't know if you if you have gone around like America yet, but... Um, do you feel like the issue of the dying culture is greater here in in North America or in the West? Because um, I know you've been to Australia as well. Or do you feel like it's worse within Harar? Like, where do you think we need to tackle more? Like, first Harar or on the outside? Uh, I, I believe in this, in a simultaneous question. If you, if yeah. you know, if you, if <laughs> so it's bad <laughs> both places. Okay. I mean, it's, it's the nature of the problem is different. Yeah. Uh, in Harar, uh, the schools and the people who speak it widely, and uh, you can you can get a a degree in Harar language. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. At the TTI Teachers Training Institute, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they start offering a, t- a degree program uh, mm. for Harar language. So there are a lot of Harari books. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are, there are books that are written, written, uh, even though it is in Giz or uh, mm. Sabian. Uh, so maybe there has to be simultaneous translation in, in Latin for for people in, in the West, mm-hmm. so so you can follow on the book and. Yeah. Because they they teach uh, Harari language and you know from uh, first grade and on. Mm-hmm. So for. Uh, in the to, schools, you mean? In the schools, yeah. Okay. So, uh, for s- if such books were shared here, mm-hmm. uh, but they, they need to be uh, translated into uh, into Latin alphabet. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so, uh, this is the benefit of you know the communities working together. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, we, so we don't have to recreate the wheel, you know. Mm-hmm. If there are uh, books that are teaching Harari in Ethiopia or in Harari in particular. How can we use those books to teach kids here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the issue is just you know changing the letters from girls to Latin, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's how to be. Uh, and I, I know uh, Sai of which in Australia they have a software where they can you know input the uh, word in English. Yeah, you can you can write it in Latin and mm-hmm. then you can convert it to Saba or, or yeah. Or oh, Giz. that's cool. I didn't know that. And, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, uh, so if there's a cooperation between uh, the Harry institution, Harry governments, and the Apoches in Australia, and then the communities uh, in the West, mm-hmm. such books could come uh, forth. So, when we have a dying language like mm-hmm. ours, mm-hmm. Uh, or or if we don't want to use dying, it's under under uh, you under can humans. use dying. <laughs> I feel like dying <laughs> stresses the importance that like we need to yeah. get our act together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, or, or under immense pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, if we have discussion and collaboration, we can come out of the situation. Mm-hmm. But if we continue to live as this problem it doesn't exist mm-hmm. we will all pay for it mm-hmm. i have a question for you so as a sultan now and as someone who's becoming more accepted amongst the global harari community mm-hmm. do you feel like you can be like a liaison between the harari government and the the harari people uh, that is one of the the work of uh, the sultan mm-hmm. so i hope uh, to bring uh, people together 
Harari officials, government officials, mm-hmm. Harari people, and also uh, other people in different communities uh, by discussing with other elders to work toward peace and you know acceptance of uh, uh, and preservance of uh, the Harari culture and tradition language. Mm-hmm. But as a liaise, like, do you think that you can bring the issues that we're currently facing firsthand to the Harari government and make them aware and let them know, like, if we don't act now, we're gonna, you're, we're gonna, you know, our future generation, they're not gonna really even associate with us. Like, they'll just kind of read about who are Harari people in a textbook, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, such message uh, uh, has to be passed along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there has to be a dialogue between the government and our office as a sultan. Okay, so it's uh, not happening yet. It's not happening yet. But <laughs> I guess the one thing to keep in mind is that because just because it's a Harari government, it doesn't mm. mean it's compri- comprised of only Hararis. Like I, th- I believe you mentioned, like I think there's maybe only three. How many Hararis are in the actual Harari government? It's not many. Um, uh, actually, with with the within the uh, parliamentary parliament is fifty fifty. Oh, it is? Oh. Okay. Yeah, 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's 14 seats called uh, Harari Gubai or Harari, uh, Harari Majlis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's four uh, that uh, by election. So uh, altogether, there are 18 uh, Hararis and 18. Uh, like of other others, ethnicities yeah. and stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, mainly or almost. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. And actually, one thing just something I, I thought was interesting about like the role of a sultan and like i never knew about this whole i knew about tribes and like mm. clans and all that but i didn't realize like how it exactly works like i think an example you gave the other day was like uh let's say someone uh kills another person from another tribe like it they wouldn't go directly to that person or their family they would go to like the sultan that represents them and then the sultan will kind of or the yeah, the tribal leader would kind of figure out what the compensation would be from there. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, for example, the the compensation for different things are already known. It's preset. Mm-hmm. It's preset. Yeah. Like so it's mm-hmm. not like you're like a judge, for example, like in the exactly. old Islamic times. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so uh, if uh, uh, if somebody gets killed, you have to pay two hundred thousand. Uh, of per- local currency. Yes. Okay. For example, mm-hmm. example. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so uh, w- when this happens, mm-hmm. uh, the person uh, who lost someone, mm-hmm. uh, their their sultan or their damina or their ugaz or their grad, depending on the tribe, mm-hmm. will find the other person's equivalent, and they will start initiate discussion. Mm-hmm. And they say, "Your child has done this to our child, and we need a compensation." Mm-hmm. So they they sit down and, and do the so they mediate the whole situation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in issues like murder, yeah. Even if it's purposeful murder, different issue. Okay. But mm-hmm. like, aside from compensation, is that person not going to be jailed or held accountable, like by the legal? No, not if you go through the system. Really? Yeah. If he goes through the system, it's like uh, when they want to forgive one another. So if oh. the if the family wants. Uh, the person to pay for it, and that that, that the purpose the person did that on purpose. They will go to the government, not to the. Okay, so this is more so like if you're just trying to solve it, yeah. like 
as they say in case and i'm like gotta stop it like you're trying to solve yeah. it with without making mm-hmm. it official which means like within the housing within the house yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh even uh, to a degree that suppose you know somebody murders someone mm-hmm. and the, the the people agreed to settle it this way mm-hmm. you cannot even accuse the person of being a murderer after that oh what? really yeah. like once wow. it's done it's done once it's done i mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see a single person ever like taking that option mm-hmm. over the legal option, but you never know. Because yeah, that's, that's how it is in, in, in the Eastern region. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because like also you mentioned that there are issues with going the legal route because sometimes the government might eventually just realize, hey, there's not enough. There's no, we don't have enough resources to deal with this issue and just leave it. Like uh, there was an example you gave with a farmland mm-hmm. being taken over. It's like, Let's say, um, oh, yeah. let's say, uh, one f- a family like a guy comes into your fa- farmland and starts living there and takes it over. Mm-hmm. Then and you go to the government like, hey, this guy is like on my land. Can you kick him out? They kick him. They they arrest him. But then his brother comes. They arrest his brother and then his cousin comes. And they arrest <laughs> his cousin and like on top of that, just more and more people come. And eventually the government's like, hey, we've done all we can. There's nothing to do here, and they just leave you. And now you have no land, and you've gone through this whole legal process, and you have no other option. So maybe going through a sultan who uh, can contact the, the, the sultan or grad or the tribal leader of that person can deal it with it that way. So it becomes so it's a lot more of a fair process. It's interesting that uh, people would rather listen to or respect the word of a sultan over like legal punishment. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to look at the settings in the eastern yeah. part of the country. Right, because I'm yeah. thinking about it yeah. from like like you know what yeah. I know here, yeah. and I think here like the legal the law enforcement here is like you you either listen or you're going to be in jail, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. or you obey and you follow the la- the rules exactly. of the. So so people land. in the eastern region they live in dispersed uh, area. In some in some cases there are no courts and this uh, this institution are not there. There's no even but police people reference. people <laughs> live in uh, wow. people live in a dispersed uh, situation. Mm. So. Uh, for for them, uh, I mean, the, the the big thing is like they don't hold grudge, and uh, the need for vengeance is not there. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Huh? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so even after like you know they have a war and so many people die, mm-hmm. they know how to forgive each other and move on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, if if they go through the, the cultural system, mm-hmm. so um, so it has it has its own positive uh, aspect. Yeah. It has a negative aspect. But uh, uh, for for us as Harari people, mm-hmm. you know, how can we utilize this uh, to safeguard uh, our interest mm-hmm. as as Harari people by interacting uh, with people to resolve uh, land issues, uh, mm-hmm. territorial disputes, or anything or cooperation? Yeah, because when when you are dealing with the sultans and ugas, uh, some of them have you know massive amount of land, mm-hmm. and they might want an investment. Uh, investors to come there. Mm-hmm. So when you go as a Harari Sultan and say, you know, okay, we want to invest here, you, you talk to the Ugaz or the Sultan and they say, okay, you know, welcome. You know, you say, uh, but if you, you don't have the system, uh, there's no way for you to communicate with those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has it is advantages, and we 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 should not lose uh, any advantage by not having uh, a yeah. similar parallel system. Mm-hmm. A parallel system with them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we've been going on here for a while, so like, 
I guess the last thing. Oh wait, unless you had something. Well, I was just. Yeah, kind of. Okay, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay, so now that you know, like you've built this, and not just you, but I, because we're talking to you, I'm going to use you. But now that you've built this network, if we want to call it that, mm-hmm. um, what are the what do you foresee for the future of the Harari people in Harar and outside of Harar? Like, what is the ideal future? Uh, the ideal future, uh, what we see is for people in the Horn of Africa to get to know one another, mm-hmm. to work toward peaceful coexistence. And uh, uh, for example, we Harari community, uh, like the, uh, I don't know if you guys were not in the meeting today, uh, uh, the guest from afar was saying, you know, uh, Hararis have a lot of people who are educated. So uh, we can have uh, that as an advantage. Like uh, we have a lot of doctors, we have a lot of engineers and mm-hmm. different, you know, computer science and uh, media, everything. Yes. Everything is valuable uh, in as, uh, as we want to move closer integration among the people. Mm-hmm. And economic integration is one of them. Uh, so so uh, we can fill the gaps that they have mm-hmm. and they can fill the, the gaps that we have. Mm. Uh, so they can help us by, by learning English, by learning Harari, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can help us uh, so our language cannot disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when we teach Harari uh, and, and as we redefine what Harari means, mm-hmm. Uh, we can make our community much, much bigger, much larger in a very short time. Mm-hmm. So uh, this activity that we are doing uh, as a sultan, uh, I believe can help us uh, bring people closer and, uh, and and then we can, the different communities can help one another mm-hmm. uh, in, in whatever capacity that one has uh, to the other. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, uh, can we be, have a more... Uh, direct call to action so like right now you're saying um like teaching Gaysenan to i think yeah the things that we can do now to hopefully benefit you guys and what you're doing is uh preserving learning the language mm-hmm. is a big part of that and using the knowledge that our community has already been able to accumulate to like pour back into Hutter and our and the community that surrounds it exactly i mean uh... If we can, for example, uh, even among the diasporas, uh, mm-hmm. if we have doctors, nurses, medical professionals, mm-hmm. if you have people who are expert in computer science, they said, okay, we want to come and volunteer and help the Afar region, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, help in Somalia region, or Argoba, mm-hmm. or Harar itself, or Dredo. So these activities will strengthen uh, our bonds with different people who are around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and why were people knocking at your door and saying, you know, you need to get out of here because go back to Turkey? Mm-hmm. It's because there's no uh, relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know you. They have forgotten who you are. They, they, their parents might know you, mm-hmm. but the young generation doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. And you have not been uh, interacting with them. Mm-hmm. So we need to change uh, the, the situation so mm-hmm. people can start uh, interacting and get to know one another during peaceful time. If you don't interact now, uh, other people will uh, will draw a different nar- narrative saying, 
oh, the Haredis are your enemies. Oh, the Oromos are your enemies, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the Somalis, so they are the worst. Creating you know? more division, yeah. Exactly. So they, they, they uh, so there will be other people who make this narration, and then they, they, they create a conflict. Mm-hmm. But if there's interaction among the people uh, from the from the beginning, mm-hmm. and when someone says negative things, says, no, no, I know the Somalis. You know? Yeah. Right. They are they are nice. It's people. easier to make an enemy out of someone you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and and that's what happened to us because we we, we were so isolated, preoccupied uh, with uh, having our individual life. If you look at Harry families, like you know, it's like uh, we have even forgotten our extended families. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the second cousin is like oh far away. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know if you go to Somalia, it's like six seven. They say, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's my my close relative." Yeah, and, and, and they help they help one another. So. Yeah, but we don't even know who our seven cousins. Is. <laughs> yeah, right. Even by name, let alone by in mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So, so uh, if we want to survive as Haris, mm-hmm. we have to change our perspective of how we see uh, things around us. Like mm-hmm. the experience that we are feeling mm-hmm. must change. So uh, then. Uh, it's like if we if we broaden the definition of relative, mm-hmm. if we if we broaden uh, who Harari is, mm-hmm. uh, so all those experiences will will strengthen us. Mm-hmm. But if you choose to say, okay, you know, Hararis are always those who speak Harari who, who are in the wall, and my relatives only only my goes far as back as cousin. But you know, even your cousin, you never help him. Yeah, uh, financially, they're, they're, I'm not saying all families the same, but yeah, but many are uh, kind of distant. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they become distant very, very quickly. Yeah, especially, especially since you know, uh, uh, some families they go somewhere and then uh, their cousin is not in that city. Maybe they're not in Toronto, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cousin is in, in maybe in the USA, Edmonton, or something, Edmonton <laughs> or, or in Ethiopia or yeah. other. So uh, you never get that bond growing up together. Mm-hmm. So you just oh he's my cousin you know like I have a cousin uh, in Ethiopia yeah and, and th- that's the as and far that's as the most you know about them exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah and and you know you never help him he never asks you mm-hmm. so this is the kind of relationship that we have mm-hmm. but with Somalis you know it's like you know six cousins hey cousin <laughs> I need help in some yeah yeah so so we have to take positive thing from people around us mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like the, uh, uh, that's one thing I really love about Somalis mm-hmm. and also of ours in other communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this uh, bond thing mm-hmm. and, and we, we need to strengthen our bond. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there are people who identify themselves uh, as Hararis among pe- different people in, in the eastern part of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. We need to strengthen our bond with them as well. Mm-hmm. And so then, other, technically other ethnic groups identify as Harari. Yeah, within Somalis, within Oromos, within Afars. Like, are they Harari just by because they were like born and raised in Harar, or they're actually Harari? They are actual Hararis who are born in other places who don't speak uh, Harari. Okay, and so is that what you uh, meant by like broadening? For, 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 yes, uh, for example, uh, in Afar, uh, mm-hmm. they were saying in the meeting today, there's a certain area, there's a tribe called Harar, Hararis mm-hmm. in, in Afar. Yeah. Or they, or they know them as Kabirtos. Mm. So even the Afar people know them as Harari. Mm-hmm. And whenever I go there, they, they tell me, oh, your relatives are here. Yeah. Oh. But uh, unfortunately, even though I have been to Afar several times, I haven't gotten the opportunity to visit them. But inshallah, one day I'll... Oh, you I'll, haven't uh, even met them yet? I have met them individually, yeah. but I haven't gone to the place where, where they live. Oh, mm-hmm. 
okay. is it similar i'm trying to equate it to something here is it similar to like us ident- eventually identifying as canadian but really we are ethnically harari we're just we live in a different region so we consider ourselves part of that country or that tribe in a way Exactly, uh, kind of, sort uh, of. Like I'm for, trying for, to like for, relate for, it. For example, if you have a child, mm-hmm. uh, and then your, your child, you, you teach him that he's Harari. He says, "I'm Harari," you know. Yeah. But he, he, maybe he was born and raised in Canada, never yeah, been there. M- maybe he didn't speak the language. He yeah. only speaks English. Yeah. Uh, and he says he's Harari, uh, but uh, you know, and other Hararis from maybe Harar come and say, "Oh, he's not Harari. He's a, he's a, he's a Canadian." You know? Yeah. Uh, that that kind of thing. Uh, so. Uh, we have Hararis who have become Somali, we have Hararis who became Oromo, we have Hararis that became Afars, mm-hmm. and Amhara and Tigris and so on and so forth. And vice versa, of course, you know, yeah. there are Afars who became Hararis, right. there are Oromos who became Hararis. Right, right. I'm, I'm just citing one example. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so the, the people of uh, the Horn of Africa have uh, integrated and became one through marriages and uh, so on. So there are some Hararis, you know, uh, their, their grandparents is Somali mm-hmm. or, or an Oromo or uh, this. So uh, we, have, uh, we have to uh, celebrate our differences in mm-hmm. our unity and bring peace to the Horn of Africa region mm-hmm. so our children can have a peaceful life. Yeah. So if this generation cannot deliver peace, mm-hmm. what makes us uh, sure that our children can live in peace? Mm-hmm. Because we, we are giving them... Uh, uh, or giving them inheritance of hate. Yeah. Mm. So they carry this hate and they pass it to their children. Mm-hmm. So we have to say, uh, teach them to forgive and to love mm-hmm. and to live in peaceful coexistence. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we can have peace in the Horn of Africa region. Inshallah. And, you know, uh, like uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it breaks my heart to, to hear that uh, there are 150,000 Somalis in the Toronto area alone. So that shows me, you know, how bad things are in their back home mm-hmm. to bring 150,000 people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, we really need to work toward peace uh, in the Horn of Africa region so we can have a home there and we can ho- have a home in Canada mm-hmm. or in the U.S. and Australia. So, uh, so the, the people uh, of that region uh, really need to discuss with open heart Mm-hmm. and learn to forgive one another so they can build a peaceful uh, coexistence for the people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's a, a good way to kind of yeah. like end up <laughs> what we were uh, talking about here. So yeah, again, actually, um, first off, thank you again for listening yeah. and watching, even for those that might not um, if you're not Harari or East African in general and you clicked on this video, thank you yeah, guys. For hopefully you've learned a lot from what we've discussed here. Yeah. Uh, before we leave, though, is there any like place they can find you? Uh, any resources you feel like uh, you can kind of name off? Yeah, Your like, links, you anything like that? Social media? Or? Mm-hmm. Um, right now I am uh, on Telegram. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can search for Sultan Muhammad. Mm-hmm. S-U-L-T-A-N-M-O-H-A-M-M-E-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should see my picture there okay. and can make sure to click on join there you go <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah so uh oh and also you said p2p i'm not sure if that's a resource that people can point to is there like a website mm, no no not yet okay well we're, we're, we're not <laughs> exactly no, but but I, I, I there is a website called sultanmohammedfoundation.org 
Okay. okay. See, there you go. So, so I'll throw out that link behind us as well. Yeah, we'll um, have it in the description box below too. Yeah. So again, thank you again for listening. And thank, thank you, you for Sultan Muhammad joining for, us. Exactly for thank joining you, thank us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I, I really enjoyed. Of course. Uh, discussion okay. with you guys. I, I feel like that. this is a very good thing to like spread to yeah. our community and other communities that might be interested. Uh, thank you again for watching. Don't forget uh, to. Give this video a thumbs up. Oh, yes. Don't forget thumbs up, subscribe. All those things follow us on socials. Yeah. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.